So I hope you're steady. We'll go ahead and get started here. Just keep eating and, and you know, you can talk in between bites. <laughs> What's that? They, they'll keep talking. We'll wait till that story's over and then we'll start. Right? <laughs> you ready to go? Well, let's pray while you guys are finishing up there. Lord, we just ask that you bless your word and bless our interaction today, Lord. There's so many good things from your word for us here. We just ask that you'd bless it and uh, that you would strengthen us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I hope you're feeling comfortable doing this. Um, I had a couple of you guys me mention that this has kind of been helpful for you. And, you know, there's no, there's no right ray, way or wrong way to, to go about it. Just study it. Just read it. But <clears throat> as I said before, one of the most important things, in fact, the most essential thing is that you just simply read it. And then by rereading it, it, it really starts to make more sense to it. <clears throat> and I think find, doing these different activities on the different days um, have a way of, you just get, fam- once you're familiar with it, you sort of relax. It's kind of like a lot of things, you know, once you get familiar with it, you're not intimidated by it, you just kind of, it is what it is, you know, and you go for it. So um, I wanted to simply just read through some of these sections, you know, and remember the paragraphs. You guys remember how to distinguish that in your Bible? Anybody remember how to do that? The bold letters. So, and not, you know, the, the, the chapter markings and the verses are, uh, aren't inspired. <laughs> that didn't come along until like the 12, 12th century. Uh, so, so sometimes you'll, you'll maybe you're reading a commentary or somebody will mention it. You know, like I think it sort of applies here. I actually think chapter 2 probably should have started with verse 22 of chapter 1, you know. But it didn't. So, but it, but the thought progress um, is good that way. So you've got liberty to go back. That's sort of what I did on this one. Like I actually started um, in verse twenty-two uh, because I felt the therefore was referring me back. Therefore, what? Why is the therefore therefore? It's therefore a reason, right? <laughs> so you go back and you kind of look at the previous paragraph there. And so, and then in your Bible, is, isn't it have 22 through 3, 2, 3, isn't that considered a paragraph in your Bible? Can you tell that? I don't know. Um, can, is that like, James, is that, is that, so in my Bible, I'm reading, if I'm reading this right, uh, chapter 1, verse 22 through chapter 2. Verse three is a paragraph. Yeah, so that that contains a, a, a central thought. So that's again, and you've got this kind of liberty. You know, it's not a hard and fast rules here, right? In that sense. So I'm going to start there, and uh, what I thought would be good is just to read through the paragraph like we've done before, and let's see what you guys come up with, and and. Uh, 
I'll share maybe a couple comments or something, and we'll just kind of move through our text that way. Since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is the flower of the grass, the grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So anybody have some thoughts on that uh, particular portion? Anything that stuck out to you or just graced your heart? That let me um, <clears throat> share... You know, just kind of go through this day one thing. You know, you read the assigned section. You pick out a verse that you really speaks to you. Second day, you reread and write that short summary. And and I have found that is very helpful to me. To just and I'm going to give you an example of what I you know after reading that, how you know I, of course I've read it a few times, but it. Again, um, and then and then you you still have the stuff that was written in chapter one in your mind because you, it's fresh, it's there, and he he started out saying something, you know, salvation, which is through faith in chapter one. So, you know, you reflect on that. So that's how I came up with part of what I wrote here, just a few sentences, because of our genuine faith that leads to salvation. That brings us into the eternal family of God with an inheritance that never fades. We're called to love. which Love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to purify ourselves through obedience to God's word. Our obedience is defined by laying aside the things that we are accustomed to do in the old life. We put aside the fallen nature and the desire and desire the nourishing work of God nourishing work of God's word in our souls. So I just combined some thoughts that are there. I broke it down into my level, you know, where I, I could, I think this is what it's saying. This is what it's saying to me. And, and what ends up happening is you, you become, we naturally just fall in love with God's word because it's speaking to us. And so, um, have you, I'll just, Anybody have some comments at this point? Uh, yeah, as at the end of um, verse one. Um, Is it, can you guys hear him? Is it coming over? Um, mm. but it all kind of ends in verse 3 with mm. um, 
you have tasted uh, the Lord is gracious. And it's like all these things as you're seeking, the, as you're reading the word and desiring to be more in the word, you're growing, but the more you grow, the more gracious you see how God is. Um, and I thought that was a really cool uh, sort of opening for that um, as, it, as it's looking through. That's good. I did. I can't, it's impossible for me to follow along in my Bible with what you're reading because it's written so differently. Yeah, we're going to have to get you a new Bible, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing that stands out for me is um, I want to say the latter part of verse 22. Mm. Uh, so I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read that verse. Uh, that verse in, in my translation. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> now you can have sincere love for each other as brothers and sisters because you were cleansed from your sins when you accepted the truth of the good news. Now this, this rest of it here is what kind of what gets me. So see to it that you really do love each other intensely mm. with all your hearts. And, um, you know, when if I just sit around, sit here and just look at the relationship that I have with all you guys, I just have to ask myself, does that, is that what loving you guys intensely looks like? Or does it fall woefully short of that? We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. I spend a whole lot of time loving me, taking care of me. I talk to you guys when you come in. Occasionally, I talk to you on the, on the phone. And most of the time, the only time I see you is here at church. To me, that falls woefully short of intensely loving somebody. Hmm. I mean, that like screams at me. I am far, far. So you want to start a Christian commune or... Yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, <laughs> wait, up at your property. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I can't, I'm, yeah. I can't look at my relationship with any of you guys in here and and just with absolute conviction say, yeah, I'm loving you guys intensely. That's just not what it looks like to me. Okay. Not an outward expression. So it's just an observation on my part. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting all. I'm not putting in on on this. I, this is an observation of me. I'm not putting y'all in. Yeah, that on y'all. yeah. Of course. You know, I like to draw attention to. Um, you know, again, Peter is Jewish. He has a Jewish mindset, so he's he's got he's got Leviticus in his brain. Sacrifice sprinkled in the blood. He grew up with that. The temple worship, the the feast, all that, and so. One of the things you can't escape as you read through the law is purity. It's, you know, separation from the clean and the unclean and the defiled and the undefiled, you abstaining from all that. So he, he's using words that are sanctuary-ish, you know, from the sanctuary. Notice, and you always pay attention to, to his use of words, like how many times does he use pure? You got pure love, which Bobby was talking about. 
but not in his translation. <laughs> and then you've got the pure milk of the word. And so you kind of, those are the kind of things you look up, you know, like the biblehub.com. You could go there and break that out in the dictionary. And, you know, is it the same word? Sometimes you'll find out that it might be the word, same word in English, but it might be another Greek word. And so sometimes that'll enlighten you to what the, the writer's trying to convey there. But um, those are kind of just something that I wanted to point out. Um, Peter's fond of certain words, and he'll use them a lot. Um, anybody else in that first chapter? So if we would sum up this in, a, in a, maybe a short little statement, what would you say is he trying to communicate through this um, paragraph? So, in in a short sentence, I put love is our calling. You know, that's our calling as brothers in Christ, part of the body. We're called to love God. We're called to love each other. As has been said here this morning already. Uh, <clears throat> and you love one another, but in that, re- so there's relationship. And so he's he's he he brings it home to to bear in the relationship. You know, we love God and. To love each other means you're going to be laying aside or putting off or not doing those things, literally not doing those things that we were accustomed to do, doing in our former life. You know, we're accused of speaking ill of people, being deceitful, rather hypocritical, although we probably would never have admitted it, being envious of, oh gosh, I wish I had what that guy has, you know. Those are natural things that our flesh does, but if you really love people, you don't do you don't you, you don't go there, and so, um, and it's in, it's to me it's in, in in obedience. It's funny that if you just do it, <clears throat> it purifies you. It just it's the natural outflow of obedience is that your life becomes pure, and uh, I think that's a beautiful. You know, and Peter he's pretty wordy, tasted pure milk, you know. <laughs> You know, he, he, you know, he's he's appealing to the senses in that sense. That's a good wood picture. So let's. You, the, uh, basically, it's asking you to put away all wickedness. Because mm, mm. the words that he's using is uh, just get rid rid of your wickedness out of your heart. Oh, yeah, and that's what we have to look at it as, right? It's just it's just wrong. <laughs> you can't you can't coddle it. God doesn't take a romantic view of sin, you know, and so that's sort of yeah, good, good, good. Let's move on. Um, now, now we're verses four through ten, or another paragraph. Coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. 
to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is contained in in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and the stumbling stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This section, is, as far as this little section is, it's like uh, it's giving us the foundation that we're supposed to build ourselves on mm. and to build a church to. You know. So. I um I find it interesting that in both uh scenarios the the rock which we we know is Jesus um can be one a stumbling block to one group of people mm. but precious to another group of people but it's the same rock it's the same thing um the same person but it's these two perspectives and God knows that one will see him as precious and will be obedient and and that the other will not. Um, But it's sort of interesting that that sort of ties into the free will that God gave uh, mankind. But it's exactly the same thing. Um, But it's cool that we are then the chosen, the people who see that and and find Jesus precious. Um, uh, You know, they're the royal priesthood. Mm. They're the chosen generation. They're a special people unto God. um, And that... We're the ones that should be and are willing to uh, praise God um, because he pulled us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm. So I thought that's just a really cool Mm. uh, contrast that, yeah, we can can be part of that. So, um, again, I come up with a, a, a short statement for this paragraph. And I think Peter is sort of picking up, we're called, you know, the first section is called to love. But here he, he's sort of picking up on this other thing that he mentions uh, in verse 2 there, uh, that you might grow thereby. So our part of our calling is to grow. You know, some people are not interested in spiritual growth. You know, it, you know that's that whole 
thought of, you know, Lord and Savior. I'm taking Jesus as my Savior, but I'm not ready to make him my Lord. I really think that whole argument should, it's not really an argument. It's, you need, you got to have both. And to grow means you've got to come daily to him. And that's, you know, I feel that's really important. Um, and then you need to, you know, what spurs us on to growth is to realize who we are. Man, oh man. You see who, look what he's saying, who we are. You realize how special you are to God? How, how, how uh, what special purpose he has for your life? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, and I think that's, that should, to me, it exhorts me to want to grow. I want to be all that God wants me to be, you know, type of thing. And it's not worth, there's nothing it can compare to that, that that's worth holding on to to keep me from growing. So that that's what ministered to me uh, in that regard. Christians that are scattered abroad because of persecution, and and Peter tells them that uh, that just like you, Christ, are just you are just like Christ who was rejected. Hmm. The world has rejected you, um, but be proud of that. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Hmm. You were, as John put it, you're ordained to uh, bring the gospel to others. So keep in mind. I think he's saying keep in mind that Christ also was rejected just as you have been. Hmm. But take pride in that and, and share the word with others. You, you are the, the chosen generation that's going to bring that word of good news to other people. So I wrote a little paragraph for this section. We're called to grow in our faith. We come to Jesus daily as little rocks. Though we are rejected by the world, we're chosen by God and very precious in his sight. That we, and that's what matters. God is building us up to become something very special. Our lives are becoming a spiritual house, and we have a ministry to the Lord as spiritual priests to set ourselves apart to Him. Those of us who love Him are received, and our shame is undone. Those who reject Him retain their shame and guilt. They stumble and fall because they are offended by His word. We, on the other hand, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, His own special people who were once in darkness under Satan's control, but now we've been translated into his kingdom of light through his awesome mercy. So, you know, I've just kind of reworded the whole little section without the scripture that he quoted. And that's, you see how that sort of synthesis, you just bring it together and it just begins to, to me, it, it helps bring it home to me. Um, and I, I really, you'll find that when you are doing that, the Holy Spirit will <clears throat> inspire you. You ever get on a roll? Writing something? No? <laughs> yeah, it's just really, it, it's, it's just, you know, I have to do it a lot, so I'm used to it. But it, you'll, you'll, it will come. The more you do it, the easier, in one sense, 
it'll come. Now, um, 11 and 12, you know, that's, that's just two, two verses. <laughs> what, what you have is two verses is another thought. Um, Hercules, would you mind reading verses 11 and 12 for us? <clears throat> Beloved, I beg you, as a sojourner and, and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when you speak again, that when they speak against you, as evil doers may, as evil doers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, if you would put this paragraph in a simple thought, what's he, what's he communicating to us? I think uh, they're going to uh, see that in the same situations that they are in, that your reaction is going to be different. And they're going to see that and glorify God. And that's part mm. of leaving as an example, too. So what's a, what's a sojourner? What's a pilgrim? Someone who's seeking. See, someone seeking? Okay. Okay. I think a so- sojourner is a uh, a resident alien. Foreigner. Foreigner. <laughs> uh, pilgrim carries the idea of we're just passing through. Remember, that's what was Abraham. You know, they didn't have a house; they had tents, and they moved. You know, they j- just passing through. So, what does that say about life in general? We're just passing through, man. This life, to me, anyway, it communicates this earthly life is very temporal. I mean, I think about some of my friends. I had a good friend that he, he died at 20. thinking, like, wow. You know, of course, when you're at that age, he was a year older. You know, I'm like, wow, it's tragic. And then as I've gotten older, it's like, wow, he missed out on a lot of trials. <laughs> You know, sort of envious, like, you know, why couldn't I have died young, you know? <laughs> yeah. That used to be hard for me to get my head around. But at 68, and I, I look at my, you know, my, my dad passed away when he was in his late 50s because of uh, liver cancer, but my mom... Hmm passed away at 85, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm 68. You know, at best, <clears throat> at best, I w- if, if, if I don't get hit by a car or have a heart attack, I'm looking at 25 years. I'd be lucky to have that much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's a very good possibility. I've got under 20 years that I could die a natural death, and I just know from my life, 20 years goes by in a snap. It's just nothing. 20 years is nothing. Now, for Lucas and Hercules, that may not seem that way. <laughs> but when you, 
I mean, I know that when I was a kid, it seemed like it took forever for Christmas to get here. And the older you get, I know they can identify with this, the older you get. Christmas again? Yeah, it's like, it's just, man, it's already here? <clears throat> and when you start getting near the yeah. end, of, when, you, when you're well past the midway point <clears throat> in life and you're looking at the backside, um, it's like, if, if I could have had this perspective when I was younger, I think I would have done a lot of things, a lot of things different. Um, mm. Because you have a greater sense of the temporality of things and how um, it's just, you know, it just changes your perspective on things. You know, uh, abstain, uh, I like what that word means. It means keep at a distance. And, um, you know, refrain, you know, hold off on doing that. That's, you know, you can see, you know, like if I was to title this section, it was, it, it is denying self. You deny self to love God first instead of self. You deny self to, so you can love other people as you're supposed to. You deny your flesh so you can grow in Christ. And here, you know, because we're just passing through, we just keep those things at a distance. We really don't need them. I think about that a lot with Jesus. He never owned anything except the clothes. They even took his clothes off him when he got crucified. He, he literally came in naked and he went out naked. Literally. I mean, of course, you know, he's probably thinking, you know, I made this place. I don't need anything. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, uh, we could never have that kind of perspective. We're not the creator, but it's just, you know, uh, we have to, you know, as, as a traveler, you know, when you first get married and you have, you're going on a trip with your kids, vacation or whatever, you can't, you, there's not nearly enough space in the car to take everything you think you're going to need, right? And then by the time, you know, they're, they're 10 and forget it. That's enough. We're done. This is plenty. You know, you, you just, you want to, you, you learn to just keep your, tr your travel baggage light. And I think that's sort of what uh, is communicated to here because what happens if you don't keep it at a bay, what's he say happens in verse 11? No war. It's chaos. You know, it, it's a lack of peace. Those things are very disruptive to our spirit, to our soul. And so, um, you know, I, you can really, you know, this is a lot you could launch into here, you know, this whole thing of, you know, what's, what's in the world, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And then you can find all kinds of biblical examples, you know, lot, uh, you know, he, he was into money. I, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch my tents towards some men. Got a great business. You know, there's an industry there. I can really coin it, you know, and then there's Samson who, who gave into the fleshly things and he never became the potential that that guy had, but he never got there because he couldn't abstain. He couldn't keep his fleshly impulses at a distance. And then there's the pride of life. You know, David fell into that. Hey, let's number the, let's number the, the Israelites, you know. So you can find all kinds of biblical examples. I like the way, you know, uh, what, what we've learned as pastors and as men of God, these are the three things we've got to worry about. 
you know, money, women, and pride. And if you look at a, a pastor or anybody that falls and has a moral failure, it's going to be in one of those areas at least. So most of the time it's multiple. It's all, it can be all three. And so these are, this is what he's talking about, you know, abstaining from. Um, on the other hand, as you were saying, it's always good to, that your good works silence your critics. It's great. You know, we, well, he may do this, but look at that. It's not what people say, is it, that matters, really. It's what we do. So, good. Um, her, um, Lucas, you want to read the next 13 through 17 for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Uh, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So what kind of comments do we have here, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about let's define submission. That's important here. How would you define submission? Well, that's just for our wives <laughs> to worry about, right? <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. Okay, <laughs> I didn't mean it that. Too late. <laughs> You want to edit that out, Hercules? <laughs> so, I've, I've found that the best way to define that is coming under for the sake of order. God has a divine order and that he's established, and if we come under that and follow it, there's peace and harmony. Um, we... Ha- and I, I don't know what your battle is, Bobby, but all of us have a battle with this. You're not, all of us, none of us are exempt from this struggle because we have a dual citizenship. We have, we're citizens of heaven and we have God's rule, but we're citizens of this country and we have a representative form of government. You know, no taxation without representation, right? Well, we've got, that's where we're at now. We have taxation without representation, even though we have represent, representatives there. They just don't listen anymore. You know, and so we've, got, we've gotten so far away from our roots in that regard um, that we need to pray uh, about that. But the submission, I think the key, key phrase here is for the Lord's sake. I'm not doing it for my sake. Now, but in our country we have freedom of speech we have the freedom to protest you can go out there with your and march you're not gonna you know there's nothing wrong with that and i think there's a, a, a peaceful protest and so I, depending on what that is with you i also have a battle with certain things you know <clears throat> every ordinance 
you know, as institution, you know, I think, you know, it's a, this is the broad sense of the submission, okay? You know, like, get the federal, state, and the local levels. We need to abide by those things because that keeps order uh, in the community. You have um, other things that are put upon us that that we <laughs> struggle with, like taxation. <laughs> you know that that's a tough one. You just got to go by the rules, and you know that was a that's, that's, that rubs us once a year pretty hard. <laughs> just got mine done, and I got to pay. <laughs> um. Here and here's the where for those of you guys that are really principally oriented, this is kind of tough. Why is our tax money going for Planned Parenthood, to Planned Parenthood? Why are we financing these people that that are trying to destroy our country? You know, this is the kind of thing that you know if you're a thinking person and, and you care about if you're a patriot at heart, it should rub you a little bit. It does me. So how do you protest that peacefully? Well, I'm just not going to do certain things, you know. Okay, well, that's you can protest. There might be a price to pay for that. But these, you know, these when you read these scriptures, you know, it's really self-examining and it's provocative. The Lord spoke to me years ago about some of this was like and I have never forgotten, I never will. I'm greater than the system. I'm greater than the system. I, you know, I can take care of this. So, yeah, this is. Uh, I'm right there with you in that struggle, Bobby. You know, I get it. Um. So. You know, I've 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 been finding reading First Peter very interesting because. I feel like I've been reading it um, in three different ways. One of them is obviously, you know, like a lot of what we're talking about us as as humans and, and living in this world. Obviously, the the other one is this is obviously written for the Jews. And so, like, you kind of look at this in the context of what they're going through. But then the other one um, was sort of in the context of um, where I'm at as a an immigrant to this country and – being mm. born in a different place and coming to live here in this country and and you know words like alien and, and temporary resident like those those yeah come to mind to me because that's you know that's sort of what what I am and um being mm. in the process of uh becoming a citizen of this country um i i find reading some of this interesting and um one of the i thought this was interesting one of the papers that i have to sign as i'm you know, working towards becoming uh, that citizen is um, a thing that says that I am renouncing to any other, like if I had a title, any other government, any other, like, um, I forget the exact words. Like loyalty to another Loyalty government. to yeah. another mm-hmm. country and, and things like that. And um, Interesting. And reading, especially that, th- th- this part, this section kind of, made it real for me in those different contexts because obviously, you know, this is 
I guess written specifically for the juice. But but you know, like I'm I'm experiencing that same thing in a way where now I am not only saying that I am, but I am putting my signature on a on a paper that says that I am submitting to the laws and rules of this country. Um, and in a way, um, it made me really try to understand and think about how I'm doing that with the Lord and with his laws and with his rules. Um, because if I can sign a piece of paper that says that, yes, I want to be an American citizen and, and I'm going to follow the rules and I'm renouncing to everything else, I want to make that those same decisions every day towards God and towards Christ and and. And, and his commandments too. So it it all kind of came together for me reading <laughs> reading this. Um, yeah, we can't pick and choose which ones we like, and we'll obey those and not obey the other ones, right? Yeah. Kind of like the word, and you're saying that about God's word. It's like I can't pick and choose what I want to do. I got to do it all, right? And renouncing that daily, yeah. to, like renouncing the you know following other, <laughs> following the world, following other. You know, uh, there is, you know, beyond the peaceful protest, like the, you know, the Israelites were under the Egyptians and they were being, you know, forced into infanticide. No, we're not doing that. I'm not going to take the, you know, depending on your eschatology, um, I'm not going to take the mark. (laughs) I'm not, there's certain things, there comes a point, there does come a point in your life where you, you draw the line in the sand this far and no further. And some people draw the line a little fur- further, you know, further out or further one way or the other. But there are certain things that, that are just, when it violates the Word of God and your conscience and your accountability to God, you're free to disobey. You know, cause there's, we all have to deal with rebellion. We all have to do, you know, as men, there's a maverickness in all of us to some degree. That's what we're, we're made to stand for what we believe. And so... Um, it just it, these are. I think we have to try to stay away from doubtful areas. You know, if you're, if there's a doubt in your conscience, you try to keep that as pure. You try to keep your conscience pure. It's, it's, it, and it, you know, this is a tough. This is tough when you realize what's really going on. I th- obviously, if we really knew what was really going on, we probably wouldn't sleep at night. If we really knew what was going on in this world. In, as far as the corruption and the evil, we probably wouldn't sleep at night. So, thank God for His protection, and um, I think the, this is what to me this is an area that really brings me to brokenness. God, this is a fine. I'm walking a you know a fine line here. I want to be submitted to you. I want to really be submitted to you. Just you have to remember that you know love is wise, hates foolish, and submission. Breaks my will down and keeps me, you know, keeps me centered in, in my trust for him. So there's, there's a lot there. Okay, let's uh, finish up this last little bit here. And actually, we could, I think we'll just say, again, I, I'm going to, we're really getting into, we started the, another sec, a whole other thought section here in, in, the, in the area of submission. So we've got government, and now we're going to get into employers. And I guess we could probably do employers. You guys, want you guys, up to finish this up here? We've got a few minutes, I guess. Since some of you guys are struggling with the work, maybe we should go through this. 
Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only the good and gentle, but also the harsh. This is commendable is because of the conscience towards God. One endures grief, suffering wrongfully. What credit is if you, when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return, and when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to he who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. For we were like sheep going astray, but now we return to the shepherd and overseer of our your souls. So... This is, um, you know, these are difficult, hard, uh, hard, hard, hard issues that we have to come to grips with. Um, and I think masters, you know, so I think I think this is what would be our modern day comparison. You know, it's, they had, there's been slavery throughout the ages, but here I think it's, you know, in our context, it would be working for your boss at work. Um, you know, do you have a good boss? Praise the Lord, right? If you got a harsh guy, you pray for him, right? <laughs> you probably had both of them by in this in your life, right? <laughs> Some guys you really <laughs> probably didn't stick around too long at those other jobs, right? I think what comes, you know, I'll state the obvious here, what comes to the surface when we are faced with some situation where we have to submit, you know, am I going to, okay, first of all, is this true and right? We examine, well, why why do we have to bend the knee here? And then we count the cost if we fail to, don't want to. Quit that job and get another guy, right? You know, there's a, better have another job lined up, right? <laughs> Or you're gonna you're gonna have a have a rough situation there. Um, anyway, anybody have some comments on that? It just makes me think of um, our natural reaction to any kind of pain or anything. We always pull back and and either come at it and and with our jobs and work, it, it's not pleasant. We have to literally get up in the morning and go. I don't want to do this, but I have to do this, and I have to provide, and I mm. have to go to work, and it's, you know, 18 degrees outside, or, <laughs> you know, you know, both sides. But it just, it comes to my mind how Jesus didn't have to do any of it, and, and did, and did it so humbly, and, and so loving, and kind mm. for us, and, you know, we don't, it just, it just blows my mind away. Mm. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, to me, it's it's interesting. Um, unfortunately, being part of the millennial generation, um, you know, the idea of 
um, submitting and and stuff and and kind of going through something that is is hard because uh, absolutely if we have a, a boss or something that we feel is a little bit unfair, we're like, no, I'm out. You know, we did, uh, unfortunately that's something uh, we do, uh, especially younger generation. But there's something about suffering through it and working through it for maybe the goal of the company, not just for the boss. Um, that sort of creates a certain character you don't see as much anymore. Mm. And I think, um, you know, that's something we, we look at Jesus and we, we see that amazing character because he suffered it, even though he had plenty of times that Jesus could have just gone, you know, he could have left, you know, and, um, and didn't have to go through it, but he chose to for a bigger cause than himself. You know, he, he, chose to go through it to save literally all of mankind that has been and will ever come and I think we sort of lose sight sometimes of that um, you know where yeah we're, we're, you know I guess uh, like was said you know we don't we pull away from pain and it, it's about us it's about um, not getting hurt or offended or whatever but there's a bigger goal, you know, there's a bigger thing, where, like I said, whether it's for the actual company to to survive, maybe you have friends and co-workers and stuff that you want to see them get paid and they're paying for their family and their kids. And, you know, if you don't work and you leave and you let the company die or whatever, it is, I'm random examples, but um, it's kind of like a character thing. It's just sort of a weak character, uh, a little bit selfish. You know, you don't want to stick through it, but... but even God says, like, this is commendable. Like, if you are willing to to do put in the work, um, just as my son put in that work, uh, this is commendable um, and, and an honorable thing to do. Uh, which, yeah, I, I'd love to see more <laughs> happen um, yeah. these days. Uh, I think the world would be a better place if, if we did the things that are hard and um, not always glorious to us. Like, you know, you're, you might not get a title for it. No one... No one will even say thank you, maybe, to you for doing it, but um, it, it's commendable and it's a righteous thing to do. So, yeah, uh, I find that's a, a pretty good um, passage that I know speaks to me as part of uh, a younger generation. Mm-hmm. So we are connecting. You should get this. Probably already have. You know, submission is a form of suffering. To to. You're bending your your will to somebody else's will, be it the government, be it uh, a boss. And, you know, as we've talked about what suffering does in the human heart. I mean, it, it, it's all suffering in its base form is spiritual. Because it brings, it, you're, you, as soon as we go start down the path of suffering, we become theologians. Why is this happening to me? Where's God in all this? And you start it challenges your 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 core beliefs. Um Jesus knew who he was and he knew his mission, so he he didn't let that, that suffering dissuade him. And that's you know, if we go back through what we've gone through here, who are we? What does God have in mind for our lives? We need to know and be fully persuaded that God is doing we're special to him. He's doing something very special with our lives. You know, as a couple of you guys say, suck it up, there, buttercup. You know, <laughs> you just got to, you know, you just got to, hey, this, we weren't, we're, we're, there's, no, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees in life. 
And um, we don't like it, but we do it. As someone said about getting up every morning. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is where we live. But yeah. Yes, we may. To me, there's a clear line in the sand. I mean, I I don't like to have I don't like it either. When you know Carl was talking about getting up and having to go to work when it's 16, 18 degrees outside, that's one thing. But if I'm going to work and my boss is, you know, hurry up, let's get on with it. You know, just just do this and this, and you know that what you're doing or what he's asking you to do is not going to be structurally sound or something like that, like in my case of building, if I'm working for somebody. Because I've been in situations where I've seen stuff that stru was structurally unsound. Um, you know, I, that to me is not sucking it up and doing it anyway. Yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I got a, I got a family to feed and all this, that, and the other. But sorry, buddy, I ain't doing that. Yeah, you know, uh, and I might have to, I, I may have to do something different. But I'm, I'm quick to say I'm out of here. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not doing this. Yeah, and I, and to me, it's not an option of, well, I got to do this for a little while until I find another job. Depends on how bad the situation is. I mean, I've been in I've been in some situations where a house is literally on the verge of imploding, falling in because people didn't do something right with the structurally, and and I'm not going to go through that day and do what that guy wanted me to do, and for the sake of well, I got to suck it up until I find something else. When two weeks down the road, after those people have moved in, the house falls in on them, and I'm just using this as an example. And they get killed just because I sucked it up and had to wait until I could find something else. I, it's like I ain't going down that road. I'm just not doing it, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, but that goes back to, you know, my tax dollars are supporting that. You know, we're, we're you know... <laughs> Where do you where do you draw the line? That's all I'm, that's all I got to say about that. You know, because we have this dual citizenry going on, we don't pick and choose what the scripture says. We just you know no arguments there. I'm not rebelling against what God said, even though it's cutting against the grain really hard. Right? I'm going to do this. But we do struggle with some of the things that are put upon us. The bureaucracy is just ridiculous sometimes. I mean, it's out of hand. And so this is this is what makes it really tough because they're stealing from us. And nobody likes to get ripped off. Anybody in here like to get ripped off? No. <laughs> so God help us, you know. This should really keep us humble, though. I mean, it's like, Lord, help me, I, you know. I don't want to be a rebel. I don't want to be a maverick. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just, I want to be obedient to you. I mean, anyway, these are, these are, these are, these are sobering things, aren't they? On this, this, these verses here, 
I work in an industry that, you know, they call it a safety-conscious work environment. I mean, it's promoted to us. If we see something wrong, say so. And I look at it as God has a plan for us, and we don't know what that plan is, and we submit to that. And sometimes when you're working, you don't know what the bottom goal is of that plan. You see your little portion of it, but, you know, Sometimes you, you know, it tells the guys, you know, you need to let some things just roll off your back like water on a duck's back, you know, because it's no big deal because it's going to come out in the end. You, you know, you know when you've raised your concern, but if it's something that's going to affect people, your coworker, and they, they're fully intent on, if you see something stop, you have every right in the world at that place to stop work. Nobody's going to hold it against you. Nobody's going to do anything like that. And I look at this as, you know, I've had bosses that, you know, was really hard to work for. But uh, I look at it as, well, God puts you in a position where you need to obey what he's asking you to do and just ask for that guidance. And I just feel like that. Yeah, we there's times we submit to things, but you've got to look what the big picture is. You had to stop to think about it and not be quick to react. And yeah, and if it's safety issues, you gotta stop it. You can't say no you can't not let things go, but that's just work wise. But as far as relationship, what God wants you to do and what submissions, it's hard to you know, it's it's hard to know which way it is. You you know, you really have to be prayerful and understanding and sometimes that answer ain't very evident at the beginning but in the end he'll show you the answer and he'll show you the way that which you know what you did or what they did was probably right or it will stop things i just think things are good and you just had to abide by it and and rule with what god wants you to do you know um we don't always know the big picture and that's where the you know, humility comes in. It might be, might be something. I, you know, because a lot of times in 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 any kind of environment, you're just given the knowledge. It's it's as a need to know basis. You know, at various levels. And if you don't aren't up here, and you're just down here, you're not gonna understand what they're ta- thinking about up here. And that, so you just you come under, and it's for the sake of order. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and pray and uh, break up here and. and Anybody else have something real quick or not? Okay. Lord, we thank you for loving us and choosing us and giving us these things to work through because they really are challenging to our souls and to our spirits, Lord. And we confess we we don't have the big picture. You do. And so help us to walk every day upright, to walk in love, to love you and to love each other. Lord, uh, thank you for your word. It really does challenge us, Lord. It's 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 like a bright light shining on our souls, Lord, and it, it shows everything. And we ask that you would wash us clean and forgive us and help us to do the right thing every day, moment by moment, Lord. And we give you this day and ask for your blessing upon it. Thank you for these fellows, Lord. Bless their lives, bless their jobs, bless their their wives and their children. In Jesus' name, amen.